Joining me this week is one of the hardest working men in the podcast industry, uh, Clifton Grooms, host of the Cliff Notes podcast. Uh, he joins me. We talk a little, you know, a little podcasting uh, and a lot of high school sports. He was a lot of fun, so I hope you enjoy. Clifton, how are things going, man? Uh, it's going good, Crane. Good to hear from you again. It's been a few months, but we're yeah. here. Yeah, we're here. Um, um, so we'll just start with that first. Um, you know, let you plug your podcast and uh, tell me how your first year went doing that. Well, here lately, I haven't been doing them here lately. You know, I've been um, going through some personal stuff. So I haven't, you know, with um, high school basketball and everything, you know, just too many teams. So I really felt like, you know, with the late start on that, taking a month off, you know, after football and um, the season being halfway through, I just made it. I was like, you know what, we're just going to do basketball next year. And then we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff. I got some plans for some for some stuff in the summer. But um, the podcast is called the Clip Notes Podcast for those who haven't listened. And uh, really, the first season I thought it re- went really well. I thought it was gonna go decent at least, but it went a lot better than I ever thought it ever could. You know, and building so many relationships with so many new coaches in the area. Really, um, getting back my love for high school football again, you know, it was just, um, it was just a great segue. And um, I'm looking forward to um, getting back into it for um, 2021. And I'm looking forward to here pretty soon announcing some expansion plans. Oh, is that, so we're leaving that uh, for another time then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That will probably be for another <laughs> time though. It's going to probably be in the summertime where I'll probably announce that. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, before, you know, because we were talking about eight-man football, which is, uh, you know, I joined your podcast a few times to talk about that. Um, and, you know, I was kind of talking to Devin about that earlier, about how him and I need to get together at some point um, to see how we're going to do next year. Because I think it's one of those deals where, um, you know, even with, you know, this podcast in general, you know, you do these things um, for a while, uh, then you take a step back, kind of look at what – what you liked, what you want to improve on. Um, and that's kind of the same thing with uh, the eight-man coverage. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, Coach Dean earlier, and he was asking about it. And, you know, my, my goal with that really is to uh, kind of, you know, add something here or there um, each year. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I don't know if you listened to it. I talked to the eight-man extreme guy. Um, about what they do, and theirs is, theirs is fantastic. I mean, they travel different states. They do video broadcasts, um, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, that's probably not something we're doing next year, but, you know, those are things that I think down the road would be fun to do, um, especially with eight-man growing. So, but, yeah, I just wanted to see how uh, things went. Um, I know uh, <laughs> it felt like I was doing three or four podcasts a week, but you were doing that, you know, every night so uh you know it was really great to see you uh find the love for that and all the hard work you put in that's the thing man you know i mean i um i got my work ethic through this stuff through ryan Minley and people like that you know because uh you could ask Minley. i was like even now at missouri western when he was at kq2 ryan always tried to push the envelope as much as he could. You know, I mean, that's a, what I try to do for my podcast. I wanted to push it as far as I can push and get as many coaches on as I can and really start pushing this thing as hard as I can. Because really, to, I mean, really, to be honest with you, I want to bring back, like, you know, the coverage of high school football like there was when I was in school. Like, I felt like there were more games covered. No disrespect to what, what it is now, but I really feel like I want to touch on every, uh, touch on everything and, you know, and, touch on as many games as I can. So I tried extra hard just to push everything, you know, late nights, you know, pushing the envelope, you know, and um, really, you know, I really took a lot of pride in my podcasts. And um, if I can't go all in on it, then why even go in on it at all? Yeah. Well, I think the coverage thing is it's, it's just going to be hard to replicate what it was, um, you know, even when you were doing it and then that was about the time, uh, I graduated because it seemed like no matter what game you were at, there was someone there, um, at least in the St. Joe and, you know, the outskirts. 
Uh, now it seems like they have to pick you know, three or four games in the Northwest Missouri area, and those are the ones that get covered. Um, but I think that's just the direction of journalism in general. Um, you know, you look at places like the news press. Um, when I was working there part-time, uh, they've been 2000, 2008, 2009, somewhere in that area. You know, they had, you know, Ross as the editor. They had two or three full-time guys. Um, and then they had a handful of part-timers and stringers that, you know, they could send to these games. But um, that's just not the way uh, journalism works anymore. There's just, you know, not enough money to go around. Yeah, people are cutting staff now. You know, ESPN's even cutting – ESPN was even cutting people, you know. It's just not enough people really to cover it. Unfortunately, you know, some places and some teams and some games don't get the coverage that, you know, they deserve. And, you know, and I, and I think I, – I know you and Devin have heard it, but I got a lot of compliments, especially from eight-man coaches, you know, saying that, you know, all oh, that, you know, we thank you for covering us. You know, we don't, you know, we, we really don't get covered as much. And I took real good pride in that, to be honest with you. You know, when you look at the numbers on the podcast, I mean, I'm able to look at them through Anchor. Some of my biggest listened to podcasts are from the eight-man, are probably my eight-man portions. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I actually made a rule, um, and sometimes I break it. Um, that I wouldn't look at those numbers, um, you know, because some weeks they'd be really, really good. And they happen to be, um, you know, the eight-man coaches that really uh, got those big numbers. Um, and then, you know, I looked, um, I had, a, you know, you have Jerry Partridge on, um, and that was one of the least listened to ones I had. And I'm like, holy. <laughs> so, but, you know, and then I had that realization that, like, I haven't been doing this very long. Uh, you know, I'm not doing it to be, uh, you know, Joe Rogan. Uh, I just do it for right. fun. Uh, whether, you know, it's 200 people or, you know, five people that listen. Um, right. I enjoy talking to people, uh, learning about people. And that's kind of what I wanted to do is, um, and I've said this on here before, but, uh, you know, when I was first getting into writing uh, in school, uh, I loved doing feature stories and profiles because uh, you learn a lot about people, and that's kind of what I wanted to do with this. Um, you know, because these coaches especially, um, they do this stuff a lot, and you get a lot of the coach speak. And I, while I understand it, I try to, you know, knock that wall down and find out what these guys, you know, were like, how they got to where they are, um, stuff like that. Um, so that's why I wanted to do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I always try to make sure, you know, every time I interview a coach for the first time, get their story out. Really get to know them a little bit, where they've been, you know, all that stuff, you know. And that's uh, that's that's how you icebreaker with, with people, you know, and stuff like that. And then, you know, everything starts getting easier from there. So I'm definitely really glad you're doing this. I mean, this is this is pretty nice, you know, definitely, because we need more spotlight pieces, yeah. you know, like this. Because during the season – we just focus on scores and schedules and stuff, and I feel like, uh, you know, breaking down the games, we get so caught up in that that we really don't get the opportunity really to get to know them. Yes, Cause, yeah, absolutely. Because they have to talk to you. They got to talk to me. They got to talk to Chris Roush. They got to talk to Brandon Zinner. You know, whoever, they got to talk to all of us. So they don't have – they got to spread our – they got to – we all get a slice of the pie in their time pretty much. So. Yeah. Well, and, you know, my hope is that um, the eight-man thing keeps growing. Um, because as cool as it is sometimes to be like, when it comes to eight man football, it's Devin and Anthony. I, I eventually want that to grow, you know, um, you know, at least have a handful of people that, uh, can kind of cover the entire state. Um, because, um, you know, my plan kind of next year was to, um, do more what Devin did last year, which is, you know, you pick the best game of the week and that's the one you go to. Um, for me, because I worked at the forum, um, it was mostly uh, whatever game I had to cover for them. You know, sometimes I get a great game, but, you know, for the most part, uh, those Nottaway County schools kind of struggled last year. Um, so my plan is to, you know, expand a little bit, get a little further south, um, see some of those teams. Um, so we can kind of, you know, expand that coverage. And I tried that, you know, last year. Um, you know, with the, you know, I previewed like 
all but like three or four schools and that's between COVID and just trying to find time to get all these places it was almost impossible to get every single one um, but it was great to get to see all these different campuses and you know, schools moving from 11 to 8 um, and you get a better idea so when I'm talking about it in the fall um, I have a little more knowledge than what's just you know the final score and stats and all that stuff um, right now right, right. That's, that's one of my biggest that's yeah. one of my biggest goals for next year is trying to get to more places because you know with COVID and you know restrictions and stuff like that you know and you know this first year was pretty much like a little bit of a test run, but now, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to, you know, we're going to go some places and it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be fun. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what next year is going to look like. And as far as like, you know, your dreams, you know, of um, expanding this thing out a little bit, you know, Amen football is growing in a lot of places. I remember when I first started, when I first started KK2, whenever um, Ryan took me to my first um, Amen football game, the only eight-man football teams really were – a lot of them were only in that pocket there in northwest Missouri. I mean, you didn't get – yeah, I mean, you had a couple of, like, a couple of teams, like, outside, like, you know, like Miami, Amaret, and, like, you know, those teams. But most of the teams were in the northwest Missouri, you know, Nottoway County, you know, yeah. bubble there. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's, it should be fun. So, I think I think you'll, you'll get there. You know, maybe give it a couple of years, I think. It'll get there. Well, you know what I did learn? Um, and this one really hurt. Um, and I only did it because I didn't really have a free platform to do it. And that was the whole Patreon thing. Um, and what I learned was, and I don't judge people for it because I am that away too. Uh, when it comes to certain things, it's like, yeah, I don't want to pay for that. Uh, we all want <laughs> you know, our stories yep. for free and you can't really Everybody do that. Um, so that's why I think, uh, you know, a website where maybe you get advertising uh, to pay for that kind of stuff. Um, and that way people can come and get that information for free. And I think that will help, um, you know, spread some of the, uh, because what I really wanted was for someone in, say, liberal Missouri, if they wanted to know about Worth County, they could, or Worth County and liberal um, was kind of what I wanted. Um, and I think... <laughs> finding a way to make that free while also um, finding ways because you have to generate revenue, whether, uh, you know, not so much for me, I'm not trying to get rich off of it. Um, but if you want those uh, great websites and stuff like that, I mean, you kind of have to. Um, so that's, that's probably what I'm going to work on uh, this spring and summer. Um, and that way, you know, next year, maybe, you know, instead of just doing the writing portion, if you, it would be cool to go to each of these places, you know, do a podcast because, you know, hopefully by then this COVID thing's kind of the way. Um, then we could do live interviews with these coaches and, you know, put stuff like that up and more video and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of my hope yeah. for this year. Um, uh, my big goal for this year anyways. Oh, definitely for sure. Um Dude, I've been putting together an Amazon wish list, you know, for some stuff for the podcast, you know, and we're going to work on um, one of the things I want to buy is a little studio. So, you know, we could actually have like mics, you know, and I could be able to take, I could be able to take this stuff with me. You know, if I, if I'm able to go to a school like a bit or a Lafayette or Central or something like that, if I'm able to go there, I could take my stuff with me. We could just do the interview live. Yeah. There. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And then. Yeah. I thought about going to, I thought about uh, buying, buying a little, like, like little news camera, like, you know, the ones that Kiki 2 or the news press have, buying one of those and shooting video when I go. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what eventually I'd love to do. Or just have a way, um, if my coaches are willing, sometimes maybe not, but at least a way they could send even highlights or something, and that way you can add those to the website. Because um, I think that'd be a good way to do it before – you actually get to the filming part, at least for me. Um, be it. And what I found, which was crazy, was, you know, I got this mic and everything else. The mic stand is crap. Um, it was junk. But when you pay $30 for that stuff, it's kind of what you get. But yeah. that being said, I, the mic has made it so much better, at least sound quality-wise. So. Yeah, that's the thing I gotta do. I gotta get a mic, you know, because they always say, you know, you, you get what you pay for, you know, you have to invest in yourself. And um, 
I'm the same way. I'm the same way, man. I don't make money off any of this. I just do it for the passion. And yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, you, you get nice, crisp sounding podcasts. I mean, it's going to work out in your favor, you know. Eh, so, maybe. And if I'm not, right at, least, at least if you ever listen back, you're like, well, you know, 20 people listen, but at least it sounded good. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I know, you know, we'll get to the, you working at KQ too, but, you know, as a, as a kid, um, you know, where did that passion for sports, where did that begin? Man, I don't, you know what? I think it was through, um, I think it's through elementary school, like watching the, uh, watching the NFL and stuff like that and watching like team, watching the Super Bowl. I think, I think like the Packers and the Broncos, I think that was my first ever Super Bowl. I think I watched, it was in 98, I believe. And then, like, you know, I mainly watched a lot of basketball back then because I was a huge fan of um, two, two teams I was a huge fan of, Jordan and the Bulls, you know, and uh, the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, the San Antonio Spurs are still my favorite NBA team because, you know, they were the, they, they were the last team that really reminded me of, like, the old NBA style, you know, with Tim Duncan and David Robinson, you know, those guys. And Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili came along. And uh, so – that really, and then um, in middle and high school and stuff, I started getting into high school football whenever I was in high school. I used to go to uh, the Central Football Games as a fan. And um, I mainly, I started diving into some of the teams that um, that we were playing, like through the news press or through, um, there's a paper in Independence that um, that covers all those teams called the Examiner. I don't know how much they cover them now, but back, th- back then they covered them like real heavy. So you're able to get a lot of previews and stuff through them. So I started studying the teams that they were playing. And then I started, you know, studying the NEC and stuff like that. And then um, on Friday nights, either um, either I'd sit on the radio if Central's at an away game or something like that. If I'm not, if I'm not at the Central game, I'd sit by radio and watch um, whatever game. Um, I got to tell you what, I got to give a huge shout-out to Barry Pipe because I'm about to give him a shout-out here whenever <laughs> Barry worked at him. Um, Regional Radio, which is 100.1. That's where Chris Ward is now. I'll give him a little bit more of a shout out later. So I used to I used to listen to Barry on 100.1, and uh, Barry covered some of the teams that you know I knew in high school, like you know those real dominant Platte County teams, you know, and you know we don't we don't you talk played, about those. We don't talk about yeah. those. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know what it's like to play in the MEC. You know what it's like. Listen, man, the MEC. I mean, no disrespect to the MEC now, but the MEC back in those days, man. Oh, I'm you know what? I didn't think about that. I am so glad I have you on here. We can discuss this because I've been, you know, especially uh, working for a Maryville newspaper, I've been kind of nice. <laughs> but the MEC now compared to what it was 12 years ago is Charmin Soft. Um, you know, because even when... And, Credit to them because it's still difficult to do. But, you know, when Maryville had their home winning streak, like 60 games, I'm like, well, you're playing some softies. Um, because, you know, back then it was Platte County. It was, you know, Chillicothe. And those Cameron teams were just ridiculous. Um, you know, even Smithville. Smithville was great. Uh, you didn't really get any breaks. Uh, LeBlond, uh, they weren't great, but they were they give you a fight, so. Yeah, I think it was the uh, the early 2000s and so on. I started paying attention to it. You know, obviously to 2000 to 2003. You know, Platte County had like the 53-54 game winning streak there, which was snapped by um, Chillicothe in the playoffs in 2003. And um, you know, and I think a lot of people really felt like, oh, Platte County just lost you know one game. They'll be back the next year. They'll start another winning streak. Two games into the 2004 season. Your Benton team that you were on, uh, you, you and um, Ryan Hook and um, Chris Pinson and um, one of my friends at Manoa Elementary School, Aaron King, was on that team. Uh, Craig Moran was on that team. Craig, I knew in elementary school. Those there, guys. There was a guy that recovered a couple of onside kicks in that game. Yeah, Can't I think his name was. Um, I think his name was um, Andrew Crane or something oh. like that. Uh, yeah, was... yeah, yeah, I think that was you, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah, so I thought really during that game because I think a lot of people really had the realization that, you know, Platte County isn't, invis- isn't invincible no more. As a matter of fact, um, I think Maryville won the league that year. Yeah, Maryville won the league that year with um, Josh Wilness and um, Sid Brisbane. Yeah, they won the league that year. Because that year, that year, four MEC teams, I think three or four MEC teams made the um, made the semifinals. It was you guys, Cameron, and Maryville. The, all three of those teams made the semifinals. Yeah. I think that was the last – Maryville, that was the last year they were good for a while. Um, because, you know, I started varsity as a junior and senior, and we never lost to Maryville after that. Um, you know, in Platte County, that was a different story. That was the last time we beat them. Uh, my senior year was a heartbreaking loss. Um, because – and it's weird to think about with football these days because you don't see it a lot. You know, we had a couple of them, like – we lost to Smithville that year, ten to seven. Uh, the Platte County game, it was uh, fourteen to seven. We drove down the field with like thirty seconds left, scored a touchdown. We begged to go for two. He wanted to kick the field goal, missed the field goal, and we lost fourteen oh, to thirteen. That, that, oh man, that's the heartbreaker right there. I think that game was on NBCSports.com, I believe, because I think I remember I used to have an MP3. Of that game, on media player. I'm pretty sure I had that. Yeah. So, yeah, those were yeah, those were the days, man. You know, um, I said this to numerous people. Um, that 2005 Cameron team. I'm a Central grad, and you figure probably a Central team would probably be one of my all-time favorites. No, that 2005 Cameron Dragon team. That was my favorite. That was my favorite football team of all time that I've ever seen live. Those yeah. guys that season. You know, I feel like, you know, they did the same thing. You know, they drew a lot of comparisons to um, this year's Mid Buchanan team because Mid Buchanan, you know, beat the snot out of all those teams until the um, until the state championship game, obviously. But that's the way Cameron did. I don't think Cameron had a close game that season. I don't think so. Um, they were right up there. Um, was it 2003 Carney team? You know, yeah, it was either them or that Carney team was the you know best team I ever saw in high school. At you know, since then, really, I haven't seen a team as good. You know, because they had two kids that you know went to Mizzou. They had a bunch of other college kids. Um, yeah, and I think that was the year they beat everyone uh, with a running clock. They were just yeah, I think insane. Yeah, they won state that year. I was actually, um, you know, it's crazy because I did all these um, interviews for all these Kansas City area districts during playoff time. And the head coach, uh, Benny Palmer, was the quarterback back then for that um, Cardi team, the 03 team. He's now the head football coach at Winnetonka now. So I actually interviewed him. And um, I've been, I was dubbing some tapes because uh, Chris Ward let me collect some tapes to dub for a project. So, um, I actually got one of those Carney games through that, and Benny and I just started like, you know, you know, talking about that 2003 Carney team, and you know, we got real talking about that. So that was definitely fun to talk about. That was the I never got to see that team live, unfortunately, but that team, yeah, that team, that team beat the bricks off of a lot. I've never been scared uh, in a football game, um, except for that one. Um, <laughs> Because those years of freshmen, um, they let, uh, I don't remember, seven, eight of us, something like that. We got to dress for varsity. Um, and uh, part of that, uh, you know, perk was you got to play like kickoff or something like that. That, t- that I was scared. Like, <laughs> I've, I've played against some big dudes, some great teams. Um, but that that's intimidating when you're 13 years old and you're going up against that team, even on kickoff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Because they probably had, I imagine they probably had a running clock that game, so they were, you know, they got some, they got the big dudes on that team. You know, I've seen, you know, since whatever uh, I watched Central back in the day, man, teams like Blue Springs and teams like Park Hill and Park Hill South, you know, those teams like that, man, they got some big kids too. I think yeah. I remember um, Raytown South my senior year. Um, Raytown South had like a 300-pound um, tackle that we played against. I heard about him in the paper. I was like, oh, my. That's a big kid right there. Thank God I ain't playing. 
you know who was um, the most physical to play though, and that was that was Chill Coffee back then, um, because <laughs> you played them and you felt it afterwards. Uh, they they love their you know two hundred and fifty pound fullbacks, and when you're playing inside linebacker, that is that is a full day's work. Um, because even when yep. you win, you you, you kind of lose. Yep, Randy Dean and I talked about that KCHI radio. You know, him and I talked about that. You know, all those Chillicothe running backs, you know, Clinton Kubri, um, Brett Christopher, um, you know, Northwest Missouri State guy, Bryce Young, you know. Yeah. You know, that's what Chillicothe did, you know, whether it was uh, Coach Willard, um, you know, great Hall of Fame level coach, or uh, Tim Rulo over the last couple of years, man. All they did was run the football, run the football, run the football, fullback, you know. That's what they did. They ran the football. They dominated the line of scrimmage, and they never went away from that. No, no. And uh, that was the one game that I can really remember uh, throughout my entire career afterwards. I'm like, immediately I hurt. You know, because you always you wake up sore. But that one was like immediate. Um, and so those – they were fun, but they weren't fun at the same time too. You know, especially playing linebacker. You, you kept busy. Um but you felt it afterwards. So, um, so you, you started this in high school and you parlayed it into working at KQ2. Um, you know, tell, tell me a little more about um, what exactly you did there and you know, how you uh, got into that line of work. Well, um, it was a year after I graduated. It was like two years after I graduated high school. Um, in the 2005 season, I waited until the last game. I saw Ryan Minley at a central game that I was at. I was, at the si- I was on the sidelines that game. And um, I approached him. I told him, I was like, dude, I was like, I do all this work, you know, in my in my room, you know, keeping an eye on high school football. I was like, do you have any use for anybody? You know, do you need any help or anything? Because I was looking for any way I can try to get my foot in the door. You know, something like that. So, obviously, it was the last game of the regular season. Obviously, they didn't have time to bring me in. But Menley brought me in the next season. It was the 2006 season. And um, I worked, I did uh, football tonight every year from 2006 to 2015. Last year, I did it. And basically, my role was um, I got a hold of the coaches. I made, this, I made the master schedule. I... Um, I made the score sheets. I did all that. And then um, I went with um, Ryan, whatever football games he went to, whether it, whether it was him or whether it was um, after he left, it was Lance Snow. And then after Lance left, it was Matt Trenton. You know, and wherever games, whatever games they went to, I went to with them just so I can get a piece of the action. You know, but because I had to stay in town because um, I was a production employee too. I didn't get hired on to production until – the following season, the 2007 season, is when I got hired on production. But I did I did football tonight the year the year before I got hired. I just came in on every Friday and I came in for a couple hours and um, you know basically did it for free. You know, I volunteered my time. You know it was a fun experience. I mean you know I developed a lot of passion. I think you know during that time you know Minley and those guys. Um, I would even probably include people like Bridget Blevins and Bob Cervera. You know. Uh, those those people were responsible for me having a podcast right now because of all the everything I learned from them and you know them allowing me to get my foot in the door you know none of this would be possible I wouldn't be probably be doing this interview with you if it wasn't for them you know definitely one lesson that I've learned you know be grateful for the people that have taught you along the way because you know more than likely you're going to be teaching some people along your way too so it's you know, definitely pay that forward, but it was definitely a very, very fun time. I, um, in 2015, I was like, you know, I couldn't be there every single week. I developed a love and travel, which I still love doing. I still love to travel. I love traveling about three or four times a year. Obviously, I didn't get to do that last year with the pandemic, obviously, but I developed a love and travel, which I still do now. Um, and, um, it took away from my passion for a little bit for high school football. So I told, um, Matt and I told everybody, I was like, I'm going to walk away from doing football tonight after the 2015 season. And I just, like I told you, if I can't do this and I can't have my 100% focus on whatever I do, then what's the use in even doing it? So 
great times. Definitely uh, miss the people, you know, definitely shaped me and molded me to um, the podcaster that I am today. It was definitely um, fun times, great people to hang out with. Um, respect all those guys, you know, and um, I do it all again in a heartbeat. Did you just get burnt out? Was that what kind of yeah. happened? There? Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. I got burnt out. Yeah, I got burnt out. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't interesting. You know, it really wasn't interesting anymore as it was, you know, back in the day. Because now, you know, every year, you know, un, you know no disrespect to these teams. The, you pretty much have your usual suspects. You know, there's not as much parity in high school football as there was back in the day. So, you know, you get kind of a little burnout on that. So I took a few years away, and um, this is where we're at now. Yeah, I think, you know, a large part of that um, is just the number of kids that are playing high school sports. Um, because, you know, we'll go to eight-man for a second. Uh, you know, Mountain City, Worth County, you never have to worry about, you know, those kids coming out to play. Um, when you're other schools, it's harder. So it's harder for a – you know, Platte Valley, um, who had some high numbers this year, then just got decimated by injury. Um, but when they're excited about having 25 kids, you know, when you're the powers of eight-man football, that's never an issue. Um, you know, sure, Mountain City had, you know, a few years where they're down, um, but then they come right back up. You know, same with Worth County. Um and that's just an eight man, you know, and the more people I talk to uh, in St. Joe, um, you know, cause you know, coach McDowell Lafayette, he coached me in high school. So I've talked to him um, and it's kind of scary the way things are going uh, numbers wise with kids and uh, you know, football got hit for a while because of the concussions, but the, you know, you talk to more people in other sports and they're having the same issues. Um, and the only thing people can come up with, so I love to ask, but I, I, I haven't been getting a lot of different answers. Um, it seems to be a lot of the same stuff. It's just that you know, kids have more things to do uh, now than they would have, you know, even 15 years ago, uh, which is, you know, it's disappointing too, because, you know, while I enjoy technology, um, I also, you know, when I was a kid, it was, you were outside, Right, you know, maybe you do your homework, you go outside until it's dark and you come back in. Depending on the season, that's what you're doing. Winter time didn't matter, it's still outside playing basketball. You know, spring, baseball, fall, football, summer, just a little mixture of everything. Um, and I and it's disappointing that kids don't feel that passion anymore. Um, and I think that's part of the problem we're seeing in athletics. I think that's a, I think that's a little bit of a part of it too. I got a couple of reasons that here and I'll, uh, I have, I don't really get an opportunity really to do it on my podcast, really to be kind of like, you know, subjective like this. I think, you know, a few of the biggest reasons I think, and um, I know the school district's actually voting on it, you know, currently, you know, right now is middle school football. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a middle school teams in this, in the St. at least in St. Joe, I think that would do wonders. Would yeah. it make an immediate impact? Probably not. But I think, you know, years down the line, you know, because, you know, other than peewee football and um, youth football, you might have played in like sixth grade or something like that. You got to wait until um, you got to wait until freshman year to play football. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, these freshmen, they get taught, you know, the first time they're playing football is freshmen in high school. So, you know, teams like Bodie and teams like Truman and, uh, Spring Garden and stuff like that. They could, if they could field middle school football teams, I think that would probably get them a jump. Those high schools like Central Lafayette and Benton, that would get them a jump as far as you know developing players because you know they won't have to go and teach the basics to well, some what, of these kids. What happened middle school football? Uh, I must have missed that. Um, I know you know because I grew up playing Bantam. Um, that's no longer a thing. Um, and from what I understand, it's just there's just one team in St. Joe now. I, I think so. I'm not like the biggest. I'm not the biggest expert on youth ball and like who's all <laughs> fielding, but I do think you know if the middle, if the actual middle schools like Bodie and Truman and you know Spring Garden and Rubidoux, you know, and those those middle schools there, if they were able to field middle school football teams, I think it would do wonders for our town. Yeah, absolutely, well, and, and I know. 
I think they have to find the right coaches too. Um, that's going to be really important. Um, I, you know, I hope, I hope it goes through um, because a good coach um, can really get you excited about a sport. Um, and the wrong coach can do the opposite. They can make you hate sports. And uh, so that's going to be the tricky part. And I hope they make the right decision um, if all that goes through. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I do, I do have respect for the city coaches here in this area. You know, all of them have been absolutely tremendous to me. Reggie Trotter, who I've had a relationship with since I worked yeah. with Mentley at, you know, meeting him through Coach Partridge at Missouri Western. Um, and then I got to meet um, Eric McDowell and Kevin Keaton. I got to meet both of them through my podcast. And both of them have been absolutely tremendous the time, you know, when um, – so those guys, though, I have nothing but – the absolute most respect, you know, for those guys. And um, yeah. I'm, I hope that, you know, that we can actually, you know, together everybody, you know, with the school district, if the school district's willing to invest in it and um, everything, I hope, you know, we can get high school football back to being, you know, because let, let's be honest. I mean, you can look at the numbers, you know, the three teams really haven't been that competitive in years. In the past several years, you know, Lafayette's had some good teams, you know, yeah. I'll be honest, that's pretty good, you know, the Drew Cortez teams and, you know, um, the Timmy Nelsons, the Bryson Williams, you know, those, te- those, those teams there, and, you know, uh, after, you know, after, you know, Derek, after some of Derek Wilson's um, teams, you know, Benton started taking a little bit of a slide and then, you know, Central, um, Central's had some pretty, had, Central's had some pretty competitive teams, you know, one of my favorite coaches in the entire world, Tony Dudick. Yeah, learned a lot yeah. from him. Tony's coach Dudek's always had some competitive teams. Jeff Walls has had some competitive teams, you know. And um, you know, then they went through a couple of head coaches there for a couple of years, and then Reggie Trotter's probably been the most stable, you know, coach since you know since Coach Wallace has been there. So yeah. I'm hoping that they can get this turned around, and you know, we can we can start having competitive high school football in the city because I think that's really what separates, you know. The Maryvilles, you know, the Maryville, they have middle school football. Cameron's got middle school football. Um, Maybe Cannon's got middle school football. Um, East Buck, you know, Hamilton, you know, you know, the eight-man schools, you know, they got middle school football, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So Savannah's got middle school football, you know. So you get those teams with middle school, they automatically got to jump on the gun with those teams that don't have middle school football. So – I'm hoping that the school district can, you know, we can pass this thing and start investing into, instead of investing in the middle school football, and then, you know, we can, we can start getting these city teams, and, you know, and and start getting them back to get start getting them back to where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned this earlier that you had to take some time off. Um, are you as passionate about basketball as you are football? was is you know like I said I was going through some personal issues and um I was you know as hard as I worked for football I got a little burnt out you know because you know because you know and I was like because you know pretty much you know football and basketball you know for two weeks I covered them simultaneously because yeah. right after the state championship start basketball started so you pretty much have no break. Yeah 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 and then you oh, know, I know. It's more difficult to cover basketball than it is football. And, you know, and then I just didn't want to jump back in in the middle of the season because I felt like that would be disrespectful to me. And that would be disrespectful to the teams that I'm covering. You know, so too, anything, you know. Are you doing anything in the spring or? Um, you know, um, you know, right now there's no plans in it right now. We're going to start doing some things in the summer. Um, I'm going to give Chris Ward and some other people a ring and we're going to try to work on doing a few more retrospectives. I know Chris Ward and I have a um, a series left on Hamilton football that we started last summer that we didn't really get the chance to do more on because of the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm hoping that we can actually hop into that. I'm hoping that we can add some extra guests. You know, I'm going to work on trying to do a, um, a retrospective on the Cameron team. You know, getting Drew Newhart and Eric Anderson and those guys on. Uh, Drew you know, Duhart can kiss to... my ass. Ah, oh, that talented, I love Drew that Drew... talented sob. I love Drew Duhart. <laughs> I love both those guys. You know, Drew and Eric. You know, yeah. both both those guys are both those guys are great. Both those times, both those yeah. guys are. Drew's such a nice guy talented, too. You know, yeah. Aaron Fritz was on that team. You know, shout out to Coach Fritz. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are going to be some plans. There's going to be some plans there, and then um, whenever I announce these, um, whenever I announce this expansion, that's going to be a pretty big part of the fall too. Oh, you're expanding, expanding. Huh. Yes, we're going to be expanding. Okay. All right. Well, I won't ask you more expanding. that way. That way, we can all be surprised when you uh, uh, decide to expanding. release that information. Yeah, but we're expand. Gonna, we're gonna go all in. Expanding can mean a lot of things, so we'll uh, we'll leave that to the summer. Um, yeah, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do this summer to keep me entertained. Actually, it might be the best yeah. time. To, it might be the best time to do podcasts. Really, um, people tend to have more free time. Yeah, that's probably what I'll be doing. I'll probably be doing some retrospectives and probably uh, working on getting some schedules together and start. Uh, trying to figure out who's coaching again and who's not coaching again and getting contact lists together, you know, start to do a little bit more because originally to be honest with you, I wasn't going to do this podcast until this coming season, but with COVID and everything. And I was like, you know what? We need another outlet for high school football in this area. So, you know what? Let's get on the ball. I decided to go pedal to the metal and just start a year. All right. Well, before I let you go, we need to get into the, uh, topic of wrestling i know you're a big wrestling yes. fan from what i've seen yes. talk to me about this what wrestling are you into um you know like i said i haven't watched it in a long time um i know you know the wwe is still around um there's aew but i feel like for some reason that's not what you're watching um you know there's actually quite a bit that i watch um the thing that I tweet about the most, um, the organization I tweet about the most is Ring of Honor. Um, it's uh, I've been to most, I've been to a lot of their shows, and um, I actually have um, some personal close relationships with some of the some of the front office there and some of the wrestlers. So um, that's definitely fun tweeting about that. I still watch WWE. I still watch AEW. So if you actually follow me on my personal Twitter account <laughs> and don't follow the podcasting account, you you see a lot of professional wrestling on there uh, because I try to keep the I try to keep the um, the football and all that stuff I try to keep it on the podcast account so and then I started you know along with you know so I just started you know using my own personal Twitter and I always have to give that disclaimer whenever I when people follow me and they follow my personal Twitter account also I was like you know you're going to see a lot of wrestling on there so you're not going to see you know all the high school football talk on there. You're not going to see, you know, all the other stuff on there. You've seen some Missouri Western. I've been keeping out on a little bit on Missouri Western basketball this year. So, you know, Coach Will, shout out to Coach Will Martin and uh, Coach Danielson and uh, Coach Pete and those guys. So, um, so is the I've been paying attention. Is the AEW, is it is on the rise? You know, from what I understand, what it's, it, the AEW, from what I understand, is starting to kind of compete with the WWE. They are a little bit. You know, um, they do a little Wednesday Night Wars with uh, WWE NXT. So NXT and AEW go head-to-head on Wednesday nights from 7 to 9. So pretty much you have to pick one. But I always flip channels back and forth. You know, I always – mostly I watch AEW because AEW – me puts on the more entertaining product. How how did you feel about Sunday? Did that whole uh, ring explosion thing that didn't happen? Um, I mean, I people. <laughs> I don't know what people were. Let's be honest with you. I really don't get an opportunity. I thought about starting a wrestling podcast, but I don't want to like do something another thing that I'm passionate about. Make it make it sound like homework. <laughs> but I didn't really tweet this out much, but. I don't know what people were expecting, you know, if you were expecting, like, the ring to blow up or you were expecting somebody to blow up. I don't know what people were actually expecting as far as that. I mean, you're not getting – somebody's not going to blow up. Let's just be realistic here because a lot of times I keep realistic expectations as far as my wrestling. That's why I don't get busted. Well, and I think uh, – I would imagine that's probably not great. Um, I listened to The Undertaker – on a podcast uh, a couple months ago, maybe. Um, and he was just talking about all the injuries he's had. Yeah. It is just insane um, what those guys used to go through. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's still tough, 
But, you know, at least back then, those guys were working like 290 days a year or something like that. Um, yeah. Style's a lot different. Yeah. yeah. Style's a lot different back then. You know, yeah, like you said, they wrestled about 300 days a year, you know, and, um, you know, you're on the road for that long and you're doing, you know, you're putting your body on the line every single night. I know that. I used to get upset in elementary school when my friends used to tell me, oh, wrestling's fake. It used to make me <laughs> cry when I was little, but let's be honest with you. It's not all fake. It's it, they, they take a beating in there. Well, to be fair, you know, because I was a big fan in the late 90s. Um, it wasn't even really the wrestling that was my favorite part. It was all the theatrics that happened outside of the mm-hmm. ring that was what I really enjoyed, so... Yeah, yeah. Back then, you know, you know they, they called that the Attitude Era. You know, with um, you know, it was the um. Well, I know I just talked about the Wednesday Night Wars. They used to do the Monday Night Wars. You know, yeah. WWF, WCW. And, uh, I really enjoyed, you know, both of those um things. So instead of playing sports, I watched wrestling. Well, uh, at time. least that was that was you know Monday nights. Um, they had some things on Sunday nights. That was mostly pay-per-views. Um, I, think they tra- I think they tried Saturday nights too, but those were always wrestlers that you really hadn't heard of, and so I didn't really ever watch that. So, but yeah, appointment television uh, Monday nights back then. So, um, but now I'm going to hit you, and we'll get into some wrestling here with my uh, pick six, six quick questions for you before we uh, get out of here. Um, we discussed this a little bit earlier. Um, all the teams that you like to watch, uh, you know, back when you were covering uh, for KQ2. Uh, who was your favorite of the best high school team you saw? Um, I think there was probably a couple. Um, I would say probably for football, I'd probably have to put the uh, 2005 Cameron team, obviously, you know, the, the way that they did those guys, you know, how they were unstoppable on the offensive end, you know. I, I like I like just chucking it down the field. That's that was one of my favorite things. Dude, they did a good job at that, didn't they? I think you do firsthand oh, how that, good job. That's man. not. not, not uh, you know, hey, you know I love Ukraine. You know, but you know, you, you, I mean that team was great. I mean, you know they 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 won a lot of games. So you know that was probably my favorite football team. Um, as far as basketball, um, I got a couple of them. Um, this this is outside of KQ two. This one is um. Was the 0405 Central Boys basketball team? Um, that was my senior year. Um, I think we started one and eight, one and nine that season, and then that team rallied back and won districts. So we went into the sectionals, so with a 10 and 18 record. So it was definitely fun to follow that team through all the um, obstacles that they had to go through, you know, that season. And um, yeah, whatever, Homer. So I, that's my that's my homer pick there, but <laughs> okay. I tell you what though, um, another teams that I another couple teams that I really enjoyed was um some of the bitten teams with Johnny Coy in there with Johnny Coy on them. Um, Johnny was probably one of my favorite athletes uh, that I've ever seen. You know, dude had so much raw talent on the basketball court. Well, that was actually, on the baseball field. That was actually my next question. You know, who you thought the best athlete that you ever saw? Uh, in your time was um yeah so uh bitten basketball would probably have to be my bitten and central basketball would probably have to be my favorite camera would probably have to be my favorite for football athletes uh, i got a couple of them um johnny coy's one of them um another one of my good friends of uh, justin thornton yeah. who played on um, high school football at central um played football for ku um was on the um 2007-2008 KU football team that was um, up to number two in the nation that won the Orange Bowl. And um, he got the game-sealing um, interception in the Orange Bowl to beat Virginia Tech that season. So I went to some KU football games in that time. So shout-out to JT there. So JT, Johnny Coy. Um, I really liked Hamilton football. Yeah, I know um, I talked about it with Chris. Kellen Overstreet was another player that I really – I really enjoyed watching, and then, um, you know, uh, another one that I really, really, you know, I would probably put Drew Newhart on that list, too. I mean, those guys I really, really, really enjoyed. So, that that's question number two. Number three, um, 
what is the best generation of wrestling, professional wrestling? Best generation of professional wrestling by far the, um, I would say probably a mix between the late 90s and the early 2000s. That was pretty much the boom. Yeah, it was pretty much, you know, like I said, you know, the Monday Night Wars. That's when, you know, people didn't have to come out of the closet, you know, to be like, hey, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. You were never ashamed of it because I know <laughs> a number of my friends definitely watched, you know, they either watched Stone Cold Steve Austin or they watched the NWO or they watched um, Degeneration X or The Rock or The Undertaker, you know, Hulk, Hulkamania, you know, it was all I, those guys, I, you know, that was. I still get a smile uh, when I go to East Atchison football games um, because of the Wolves and when they come on the field. Uh, that's the song they play is the NWO Wolfpack uh, intro song. So I, I, I enjoy that. And finally, <laughs> and finally, you get a question right. Um, you know, you had the opportunity to mention a bitten team in question one or call me one of the best athletes you've ever seen, but you, you failed to do either. So um, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> um, and I know this is going to be difficult, Um so I'm going to kind of change the question just a little. Since you started doing your podcast, who has been the most entertaining guest you've had? Ooh, entertaining guest. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I've had a couple of them. Um, Eric Briggs would probably have to be real high on that list. Um, him and I, you know, I think him and I talked every single week. I don't think we ever missed a week. No, he was one um, – Kevin Keaton, Kevin Keaton from Benton, him and I have had some entertaining conversations. We had a joke about a, we had a joke about what what's COVID nineteen. You can find that on my uh, Benton football preview from two thousand twenty. No, him and I had some entertaining conversations. Um, you know, uh, Oren Magruder was another one that I thought really I had some entertaining conversations with. Um, I only got to interview him a couple of times. Um, Phil Dean would have to be on that list. You're really failing. Yeah. Just <laughs> so I mean, there's there's been a couple. I mean, you know, and you know those those coaches, you know, these coaches, you know, they keep me, they keep my blood pumping. You know, they keep me, they keep me motivated doing this. Yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, those interactions. Absolutely, um, Eagles fan. Who's your favorite? Yep. Uh, who's your all-time favorite Eagle? All-time favorite Eagle. Um, I started watching in the 99-2000 season, so um, I fell in love with a player named Donovan McNabb whenever he came out of Syracuse, so probably he was probably my first favorite. Um, I really enjoyed um, Terrell. Yeah, so Donovan McNabb would probably have to be my all-time favorite probably because he was the first player that I really got into probably, so number right. five would have to be that. And then finally, um, favorite wrestler. All time or current? All time. All time? All time Ric Flair. All time Ric Flair. If you ever watched um <laughs> if you ever watched 86, 87 Jim Crockett promotions um wrestling and you ever Google or YouTube Ric Flair promos, tell you what, the absolute dude, the absolute dude was the best. So I'll give you a woo <laughs> to get close to the end of this podcast. <laughs> woo! Such a great way to end it. Uh, Clifton, I always enjoy talking to you. Um, we'll have to do it again soon, uh, especially this summer once you uh, you know, release the news of what you're going to do next fall. Um, so we'll talk then. Absolutely. Very, very likewise. Thank you for having me on, Crane. Thank you, sir.